Well, Razorback fans, Arkansas had a lead. It was against Illinois in the NCAA tournament, and they didn't completely blow it. And they're actually going to be facing Kansas. Huh. I suddenly feel like they can win now. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I'm your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 and 1037thebuzz.com. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Friday as you have finally made it to the weekend. And it's such a much, much better podcast anytime that Arkansas actually wins games. But to be coming off of a huge win in the NCAA tournament to advance to the round of 32, it makes it that much sweeter. So Arkansas takes care of business against Illinois. It wasn't always perfect. It wasn't always pretty. But from the get-go, Arkansas pretty much set the tone early. And there were a couple times here and there where Illinois made it close. I think five points was about as close as Illinois got. But Arkansas ends up getting a victory by a final score of 73 to 63. And we'll talk about some of the specifics that went on in this game, as well as giving a shout out to some of the big men for Arkansas and uh, the great performances that they were able to put in. But what it really came down to in this particular game is between these two teams, I think if anybody watched it, you could tell Arkansas, they were a better basketball team. They had more talent. They matched up a lot better. I felt like the depth was there. I felt like the way that they were putting things together was there, like just – Overall, that was the type of team that Arkansas should take care of business against. And you could really tell from the beginning. You could tell that the guards were too much for, for Illinois to try on. You could tell that uh, Muss was having a great game plan, especially defensively, to, to be able to put together. You knew that they were doing all the right things to make this work, and they did. Now, Ricky Council led the all scores with 18 points, which – I think the best type of games, or at least the ways that Ricky Council has shown in most cases when he the team is not because he shoots really well. It's mainly because he gets to the free throw line and makes his free throws, which he actually did in this game. He did go three of nine from the field, but he made 11 of 12 free throws. Uh, Anthony Black had 12 points on 4-12 shooting. And then Devo Davis had, had a great game playing only 30 minutes. He sat out a lot in the first half, but getting 16 points, 7 of 14 from the field. Uh, as well as six rebounds. Also, Council got 10 rebounds, too. Don't want to forget that. So he did have a double-double. But really good game out of those three guys. And, again, we'll talk about the bigs specifically here in just a second. But uh, it was it was a game that I expected Arkansas to play as far as how it looked, some of the things that they did as far as attacking, and the way that Illinois was able to exploit some of the weaknesses for Arkansas. It went about according to plan. But at this particular time, as we talked about on the podcast yesterday, it is not about just looking good while you win anymore. Sure, there were times in the regular season where you wish they would have won certain games or you wish you would have closed out certain games a little bit better. Like, none of that stuff matters at all anymore. What matters is winning. And I don't care if Arkansas turns the ball over 28 times or if they're shooting 2% from the field. If it means they win the game, then that's all that matters. And so for Arkansas to come out, look good, have some good plays, have some good moments, some good performances out of some of these guys that they really needed to step up and who played a ton of, ton of minutes in this game, that's exactly what you needed to see. 
And I think one of the, the most important things in this game and the thing that stood out to me and may have been one of the most impressive things as well is it, when we talked about closing out games, Arkansas has not done a good job closing out games. We know this. There's no reason to keep repeating it. But it was fascinating in this game where the game's on the line. Illinois put the pressure on Arkansas. They're needing to make plays. They're needing to get steals. They're needing to get baskets. And there was a couple of instances where they actually ended up getting a steal, getting a turnover, getting some points. They were trying to weather the storm, but when it came down to free throws, Arkansas had such a significant lead that they were able to get to the free throw line. Arkansas made free throws. Ricky Council made free throws. Anthony Black made free throws. You had guys making free throws, again, when it mattered the most. Now, does that mean when they play their next game against Kansas, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, does that mean automatically that, oh, well, shoot, if Arkansas's got a one-point lead with 30 seconds to go on Kansas and they're going to the free throw line that suddenly the clouds have lifted and I have full confidence that they'll make all their free throws? No. But when it comes to the biggest stage, you've got to be able to give credit where credit is due. They're not a team that has made free throws in clutch situations. They, they just have. And you can't change what this team is at this point. Time will change them much as the season's gone on. But they're not a good three-point shooting team. They're not a good free-throw shooting team. And so when people get frustrated or people start throwing up their arms and start saying, well, you know, they need to do this or they need to listen to this or they need to you know, get, into the, get into the gym and start taking these shots, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything at all. They are what they are. And they are not a good shooting team. Three-point shooting, free throws, doesn't matter. But when they do make them on this stage and in this realm, that's something that can really can boost some confidence moving forward. I thought Must did a great job of game planning. It was an interesting starting lineup that he decided to go with. One that uh, even the PA announcer here at Wells Fargo didn't know because he started announcing wrong names. But uh, Kamani Johnson got the start. We'll talk specifically in a second. He got the start. I think he set the tone really well. And you also had uh, Council coming off the bench. You essentially just had four guards and and Kamani. And I thought that Walsh and uh, being able to come off the bench like he did and provide some good minutes as well, it was very well managed by Mus. I thought I didn't have any problem in how he handled it. I didn't have any problem who was in there. Even saw Jalen Graham for a second, but you could tell that there was just something about what was going on in the matchup that didn't really work well. So they took him out. Uh, they played the right guys in the right moments in the right situations, and you saw the win and you saw the result. Now, I want to also get into something that people have been bringing up ad nauseum about a must team or in this particular case and in this particular game. So has a lead late in the game. I got so many hate tweets, especially on social media, talking about that stall ball stuff don't work when we lose every time. Well, my thing is, is that if you actually look at the game itself, if you actually look at how they go about it in those particular situations, yes, taking time off the clock can be very beneficial because I would rather have a team that's able to hold on I, for 25 to 28 seconds, all right? If there's four minutes to go, three and a half, four minutes to go in the game, and you have an eight-point lead, I would rather have those seconds coming off the clock as much as possible and then jacking up a three that doesn't go in and trying to press to where you get a turnover, you end up getting an offensive foul, you end up getting a dumb shot, and then they end up you know, beating you in transition, getting down the court, and they get a basket, suddenly they're in their full court press. 
I'm okay with the stall ball. And I had people saying it hasn't worked all season long. I was like, what games have they played to where the stall ball, for one, they actually were in a position to run stall ball, and two, did it not work when they did? I, I don't, I can't remember any exact examples because usually the stall ball happens when you have a big lead late in the game. Arkansas normally blew their leads earlier in the game, so they didn't have a chance to play stall ball late in the game. So I, I don't I don't understand the criticisms that come Muss's way when, when those things happen because they, they've done it all the time. Last year in the NCAA tournament and also in the regular season, they did it a lot, and it worked. Even the year before, they did it a lot, and it worked. And you know what happened tonight? You want to know what happened tonight? They ran stall ball, and it worked. So I have no problem in how Musk handles into-game situations. He has forgotten more basketball than I have ever learned in my life. He knows how this is team. He knows the other team. He knows how to handle himself. And as long as Arkansas can make free throws at the end of games, like they did tonight, the stall ball effect will be an effective thing. It will be a benefit to Arkansas. So those that were just so upset did not understand it and you thing tomorrow against kansas if arkansas has a sizable lead with under four minutes to go if they're up by four or five points they're going to do the same thing and the likelihood of it working will probably be pretty high as long as they're making their free throws that's what it comes down to easier said than done i understand that but, but must really bounce back i thought he did a great job out of getting out of the SEC play, getting out of the SEC tournament, putting the right starting lineup in, subbing the guys the right way, going about the sitting right and the stalling the right way. And I, I, I just thought it was an overall great performance. Anytime you can win in the NCAA, it's all a great performance. Uh, to really be in control the whole time. As an 8-9 seed, that's another thing too. This wasn't like Arkansas playing Colgate a couple of years ago or Arkansas playing Vermont last year where they just had a significantly higher seed and you expected them to get dominant. This is an 8-9 game. These teams are supposed to be pretty even. And Arkansas controlled the entire game from beginning to end. So uh, I'm feeling good, good though. I'm feeling feeling uh, awesome. And I'm just so glad that Arkansas won so I could spend another day in Des Moines, Iowa, which is something I never thought I would say at any point in time in my life that I'd want to spend another day in Des Moines, Iowa. But here I am. I am saying it. I'm excited about it. And can't wait to see what's in store. We'll talk about the Kansas matchup later in the podcast, but I do want to give a shout-out to the bigs here in just a second. But first, folks, midway point, NBA season has been going on, as well as college basketball, postseason play. Basketball is upon us. It's on us. It's great. It's amazing. And right now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sports book, because new customers get the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Then you can bet on everything. From the money line, to the point scores, and three strain, whatever it may be, by downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's sound, it's secure, super easy to use. And with all the different payouts that they have, it's great when it comes to same game parlays. You can combine your bets to be able to have bigger payouts and a lot more fun and a lot more interest in all the other games going on. So don't miss out on your chance to get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into the next segment of Locked On Next Podcast, you know, talked about a lot of the efforts that Arkansas had playing in this game, and they led the scorers uh, throughout the game and made some clutch free throws down the stretch. But to me, this game was about the bigs, was about the forwards, because we knew Illinois was a big team. They blocked a lot of shots, a whole lot of access down in the lane. And it was going to be about could Arkansas beat with their guards, beat these guys off the triple and, and drive in. They did pretty effectively for the most part. But I can't say enough about the performances in this game by three particular players, Kamani Johnson, Jordan Walsh, and Makai Mitchell. Start with Kamani Johnson. He got the start. And we know he's a big ball of energy. He's smiling all the time. He mixes it up a little bit. I've always compared him just being a walking, talking foul at times. But he actually can perform pretty well in certain games. Even if this season, if you look at it back in Maui against San Diego State, he was the reason why they won that game. So he's capable of making some pretty big plays, especially getting some offensive rebounds. And that's what he did tonight. Now, he only had five points, but he only played 12 minutes. And then he had five rebounds. Four of those were offensive rebounds. He got to the free throw line, made his free throw. He only had two fouls, which I'm pretty impressed by. So he was a guy that was a spark. He was what they needed to set the tone and to be able to uh, move some guys around and have some fun doing it. And I think, without a doubt, the best clip of the night is we got to check with some of the players in the locker room after the game and after the celebration, got to speak with Kamani Johnson. And I think he just put it about as perfectly as you possibly could. I'll just let you hear it from him, and I think you'll all get at least a kick out of it too. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Mike, Mike, Mike ain't going to like this, but like I said in the interview, you know, it's nut-dropping time. So, hey, it was March, you know, we got to make big plays. It is what it is. <laughs> yes, it is indeed nut dropping time for the bigs for Arkansas, as Kamani Johnson put it. They did do a great job of dropping their nuts because in this particular matchup with the with them, not only did you have a great performance out of Kamani Johnson and the limited amount of minutes that he played, but at the rest of the big guys, especially with Jordan Walsh, who has had his ups and downs, he only had six points. He goes two of eight shooting, but He's able to bring in four rebounds and an assist and also get three steals. That was in 27 minutes. If some of you are into that plus and minus, you know, take it or leave it. But when when Jordan Walsh was on the court, he was plus 22. That's an insane number. But a lot of you may look at it and say, well, the stats didn't seem that impressive. Only had six points, went two of eight from the field, uh, you know, fouled four times. If you watched the game and saw his defense and saw what he was doing, now, there were some fouls that I thought were kind of questionable calls, and there were some fouls where he got a little too aggressive. But he was making Illinois earn every single play whenever he was guarding them. And he is really coming to his own. He's got a, a lot of energy, and uh, he was wanting to be that lockdown defender. And with his length and his, and his size and his ability to guard big guys but also step out and guard some guards if he needs to, uh, I think that that was just as good of a performance as you could ask for Jordan Walsh. So loved what he put in and loved uh, the performance he had. And hopefully that continues to grow because we're talking. Here's the thing. Like Nick Smith did not have a good game. I haven't mentioned him. He did not have a good game. Without a doubt, as far as his uh, major minutes game, might have been his worst game. He went two of ten. Only had six points and uh, did have two turnovers and only one steal. And that was it. That was that was in 28 minutes. That was good. So it wasn't great. I still think like he's going to be fine. He'll probably bounce back. I think he will bounce back and have a better performance against Kansas. But when you're talking about true freshmen and the McDonald's All-Americans 
This is the first time that any of these guys have played in the NCAA tournament. And I don't care what anybody says. There's not a single time in their entire career and their entire lives that they have ever played in a bigger in a game, in a bigger matchup, in a bigger anything than what they're doing right now in Des Moines, Iowa. This is, the, this is it. Everyone's watching these games. Everyone's checking them out. Everyone's filled out brackets. Everyone's rooting for one team or the other for certain reasons. They know that the lights are on them, especially if they're these McDonald's guys that everyone thought they were going to be high draft picks in the NBA. And to get that performance out of Jordan Walsh, it's something I know a lot of people are going to pay attention to. Now, does this mean that, oh, after beating Illinois and having a plus 22, that suddenly he's going to be a top five pick? No, but it is something that you want to continue to see growth from these players. And Jordan Walsh not shying from being out there and playing defense. He wasn't a guy that was trying to you know, score a ton of points to be flashy that way. He was getting it done with his defensive prowess. So he had a, he had a great game. And then finally, Makai Mitchell. Makai Mitchell and just the Mitchell twins in general have had some ups and downs. Let's be honest about it. There was a time at the end of the regular season that I, I think they went missing. I didn't know where they went. I didn't know what was going on. But Makai Mitchell in the SEC tournament, as well as so far in the NCAA tournament, so we're talking about three straight games. Makai Mitchell has done phenomenal. Phenomenal. He played 23 minutes in this game. He had nine points. He went four or five from the field. He went one of two from the free throw line. He had seven rebounds, all right, with one assist and two block shots, no turnovers, and only three fouls in 23 minutes of play. Nine and seven and two in 23 minutes. If you can just get that out of him every game, which I know is always easier said than done, but man, if you can just get that type of performance out of him, I, I, there's no reason why Arkansas can't be in control of these games against high-quality teams all the time. Consistency has been a problem for this team, but what has gotten into Makai Mitchell here in postseason in March, I'm here for it. He had a great performance against, and he even had a good performance against Texas A&M, an efficient performance. It's not going out for double-doubles right and left, but being efficient. When he does get the ball, he goes back up with it and gets a good shot and maybe gets fouled, or he gets an offensive rebound that's very important and does the most when he has those opportunities. I, I loved what he was able to do. Arkansas still missed too many layups in this game. They went 10 of 22. So that's not exactly uh, something that's going to make you feel good about it. Uh, but Arkansas did get 11 offensive rebounds, which was nice. And they were able to have a, a pretty good scoring percentage. And they led pretty much 37 and a half minutes in this game. So the entire time. Uh, the guards were the stars. You know, Those were the guys that met with the media. Those are the guys that got the points. But to me, it was the bigs that made the difference in getting Arkansas the victory here against Illinois. We'll look at Kansas here in just a second, as that is Arkansas's next opponent. But first, I've got to tell you about Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is officially here, and we know that you have your favorite Built Bar, Built Puff, and now's your time to make it count. If you go to BuiltMarchMadness.com, you can vote on all of your favorite and delicious flavors that you have to choose from. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where you can be one of 50 different Locked On Razorbacks podcast listeners, and you will win a free box of Built Bar. Not only that, but you can also win a 12-month subscription to Built and have Built Bars delivered straightly to your door each and every month. So you got to try Built Bars, the best protein bars around. 17 grams of protein, only 140 calories, the different flavors that are so amazing to choose from, and the 
something convenient, they're easy, and you can get them not only online at built.com, but also at your local Sam's Club and Walmart there in the pharmacy section. I know you love some Walmart. You're Razorback fans. You know all about that Walmart life. So go check them out, built.com and Built Bar during Built March Madness bracket time here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, Arkansas and Kansas. No big deal. The defending national champions, a team that they have not played, if I'm not mistaken, have not played Kansas since 2006. I think that's right. I'm pulling it off the top of my head, and I'm getting a nod from Andrew Hutchinson, so I think that's true. He may be nodding at something else, but I'm taking it. But they did play them back in many incidents for uh, the big man, the elastic man, Stephen Hill, got a huge block shot at the end of the game to be able to beat uh, in Maui. So Arkansas is on a win streak against the Jayhawks is how I look at it. But this is a this is a Kansas team that is not unbeatable. They're not perfect. And I would be curious to see how many people picked them to win the national championship this year. It's tough to repeat, but because of some of the things they lost, some of the things that are different from last year. And as much as I, I hate it because I, I actually like Bill Self, he's he wasn't coaching the team. He's had some heart issues and some had had some stints put in. So he's been dealing with some procedures here recently, and he didn't coach in their first game. And I don't know if he'll coach in their second game against Arkansas. I just feel like it's really tough to have a stint put in just a few a week ago and then just be like, oh, yeah, I'm about to run out there and coach a 40-minute basketball game if it's all on the line. So we'll see if it actually happens. But I feel like that's a factor no matter what. But it is the defending champs. It is Kansas, and it is going to be uh, a huge uphill battle for Arkansas to win this game. I know it sounds cliche, but they're going to have to play their best basketball game of the season to win this one. I think that, of course, Muss has proven time and time again at Arkansas that second-round games are always entertaining for the most part, but he has won second-round games. And this will actually be the third straight year that Arkansas has faced the number one seed. Of course, first year being Baylor, last year being Gonzaga, and this year being Kansas. He's one and one against them. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe you can get ahead and go two and one here too. But there's a, there, there's a few similarities here where um, Arkansas and Kansas are pretty close when it comes to their numbers and everything. But the one thing that really stood out to me and was a little surprising about Kansas is they don't really get to the free throw line a whole lot, which Arkansas, we know, have a problem ever because they've got the free throw line to 40 throws. Now, you know, as long as Doug Shaw stays as well as far away from the arena as possible, maybe this could be a great game that Arkansas can actually uh, have a pretty fair shot at having foul calls. I think the game against Illinois was pretty well officiated, so I wouldn't mind them coming back. But uh, Kansas is not a team that gets to the foul line a whole lot. Arkansas is. Uh, I think uh, with what Kansas has done as a team, their three-point shooting is fine. It's not incredible. It's about middle of the pack when it comes to college basketball. We know Arkansas isn't good, but still. Uh, not not overly impressive as far as what they do offensively. And uh, the tempo might be one of the interesting things because the teams seem to be pretty even when it comes to their tempo and how they want to play and uh, what they want to do. And free throw shooting also, percentage-wise, Kansas is a little lower than I thought they would be. Uh, I thought that, uh, in the mid-70s, and they're actually only 71% roughly. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But it seems to me that this is going to be a game about defense. Both teams – 
statistically are very good at defense. Uh, you know, Kansas has kind of made that their bread and butter at times. And again, looking at the numbers, both teams are pretty even, pretty even. So it might be a lower scoring game. You know, it depends on where you're looking. But if you're someone who's uh, checking out, for instance, uh, fan looking at some of the lines or some of the spreads or anything like that, bet the under. Because I feel like this could be one of those games that's that's really tough. Uh, both teams are struggling coming off of a game just the other day. Maybe some fatigue will set in. Uh, you know, there could be a lot of different things, you know, happening here. But I would definitely look to bet the under. 145 and a half, according to FanDuel. Yeah, yeah, bet the under in this one. Uh, but I know we won't be able to talk until after this game ends. And we'll see. But I'll tell you what, I'll give you a prediction. I'll give you a prediction. I believe Arkansas against Kansas will not win. And I hope to everything that is holy on earth that I am 100% wrong. I hope that all of you troll me in the comment section and call me this, all the names in the book and tell me to get out of the tanning bed as quickly as possible because the sun rays have gone to my brain and that's why it's fried and you guys, like whatever insults you throw at my way, that's fine. I hope I'm wrong. But again, I'm looking at it realistically. Arkansas is a team with talent, but they're not a great team. And with what Kansas provides, it'll just be really difficult for them to overcome that. However, if, if Arkansas plays their best game of the season, and even if Kansas plays a good game, just a good game, Arkansas wins. That's how I look at it. It's like, they, if, if both teams play great, I think Arkansas wins. But as we've known, it's easier said than done when it comes to playing great if you're Arkansas. I think it's close. I think Arkansas gives them all that they want. But I think Arkansas falls short in the end. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I am. I hope that we are all booking our trips to Vegas and Sin City and we're getting wild and the great fine city of Las Vegas. Here's a bunch of hog calls and they're calling the cops because they don't have no idea what's going on. That's what I'm hoping for because that would be awesome. And then if you beat Kansas, if you beat Kansas and you go to the Sweet 16 in Vegas, who are you afraid of? Who do you think you're going to lose to? Think you're going to lose to UConn or whoever? Gonzaga? Please. UCLA? Hmm, that would be fun knowing Mus's history with the West Coast. But either way, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I get to come on here and talk about how awesome it is. And now we're all going to Vegas, but it's just going to be a tough game for Arkansas. I'll tell you that. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel next Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will see you then.